and welcome to the MBOM podcast, where you'll learn to master the business of yoga. MBOM is a proud part of the Wander Barn Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Amanda Kingsmith. I'm a 500-hour registered yoga teacher, a yoga business coach, and a total business geek. Here at MBOM, you'll learn everything you need to know to create a sustainable yoga business by learning from myself and guests from around the world about how they built their yoga businesses and about how you too can become a successful yoga teacher, studio owner, and much more. All right, let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the MBOM podcast. I'm super excited and grateful that you're joining me for today's episode of the show. And this episode of the show is brought to you in part by Offering Tree, your one-stop shop for all things yoga business. Make sure you guys go check them out. Give them some love at offeringtree.com forward slash MBOM. You can also get an awesome little promo and discount there if you do decide to sign up with them. And I'm going to tell you more about them and some of their newest offerings a little later on in the show. But for now, let's get into today's episode and talk about today's guest. This week on the podcast, I am thrilled to be joined by Sarah Wall. Walton. Sarah is an intuitive business mentor and sales expert. She's the face of Sarah Uncut on YouTube and the voice behind the Game On Girlfriend podcast. And her specialty is teaching heart-centered business owners how to make more money by selling with love and joy. And that's exactly what we're talking about on this episode. Sarah shares how to figure out how much money you want to make in your business and then how to reach the people you want to sell to, how to shift your view on selling and making money to offering your services to those who need them how to break down your stories around money so that you can bring more abundance in as well as her top business lessons that she's learned in her career and much more. So this episode is jam packed with goodness. And one of the things I really love about Sarah is that she does everything from a heart centered perspective. So it's very aligned with how I teach on this and also how I think on this and how I think it really resonates for us as wellness entrepreneurs and as yoga teachers. So if you've been struggling with abundance, money mindset, selling, filling programs and workshops, and all the mindset that comes around with this, then you're going to love this episode. So I hope that you enjoy as much as I did. And without further ado, here is Sarah. Welcome to the podcast today, Sarah. I'm really excited to have you here with me today. Uh, Thanks, Amanda. I'm so happy to be here with you. Where are you joining me from? I'm just outside New York City in New Jersey. Oh, amazing. Do you guys have snow yet? Oh, I wish. I wish. Though I will say, you know, what are we, about 10 days out from Thanksgiving or so, something like that. And uh, it is like gorgeous fall out there. Like, I don't even want to go rake the leaves because it makes the lawn look so pretty. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Well, uh, hopefully by Christmas time, you'll have snow. I'm sure you will by then. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Amazing. So I'm so excited to dive in with you today. I feel like we have so much good stuff to talk about. And like we were talking about offline before we hit record, I think we're super aligned. So I'm very, very excited to hear from you and learn from you. But I'm curious if we can start with your your story about you. How did you get into the work that you're doing? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> like so many of our stories, Amanda, I feel like um, I'm sure this uh, it resonates with a lot of your listeners too. But you know, I'd made that I'd made it. I'd climbed the ladder. I was in the big office. Like all those things had happened. Um, and I was miserable because I had two little kids whom I never saw. They were always in their pajamas when I saw them. 
you know, they were in their pajamas when I left, pajamas when I came home. And I was working for tech companies, which has turned out to really, really serve me. Um, and I learned how to do financial projections and how to hire people and how to fire people, which is absolutely horrible, but sometimes really important. And throughout all this experience, as I kept learning more, I call it, I kind of got like my MBA through street cred. Like it was just this constant presentation, constant pitching, constant understanding of how this these different businesses worked um, and how we could get the right people who loved their job to come and join us. And what would happen was I had this great corner office. It was really beautiful. And I would come in a little bit later than everybody else. And there would be a line of like two, three, four people outside my door. And these were people who were not on my team. <laughs> these were like from other departments. They'd come in and be like, Sarah, I can't get the team to listen. Or um, I really want to raise. How can I talk to my boss about this in a way that's meaningful? Or um, I feel like my teammates don't quite understand me. How can I work better with them? And I remember thinking, I just want to do this part. I don't now want to have to turn around and do the rest of my day job. I just want to do this part. And I didn't even know it was coaching. I had no idea that's really what it was. But what I teach is that we can always take your experience and your expertise and your talents and package them to make a business. Like I absolutely believe that. Um, and the range of businesses I've watched women start and turn into really profitable businesses is astonishing. So I was sitting there thinking, okay, I have this ability to read people. I can really see people and understand what's going on for them sometimes when they can't. And now I have this incredible business background and I have this really different perspective on money and what money is and how it moves through the world. How can I now package this and put this together? And um, let's see, my daughter is now 13. So that was 13 years ago. Um, I walked out, out of my office. I went to my boss and I said, I need you to fire me. And here's how you can do it. And he's like, I will never fire you. I'm like, no, 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 look, but you can. And I showed him how to restructure the entire department and how they could do it without having to replace my headcount. And um, we did. That's what we did. Wow. Yeah. That's an amazing story. And and what it was it like for you to to leave corporate? Because obviously, you know, only seeing your children kind of in the early mornings and the the late hours of the night, like kind of as they're waking up before they go to bed is obviously challenging. But I think there is something about corporate that can provide us with, you know, the financial security and maybe just feeling a little bit more like, okay, I know I have a job to go to every day versus working for ourselves can sometimes feel like we're on a little bit shakier ground. So I'm curious what that transition was like for you. Oh, well, you're getting to the heart of it. That's for sure. Because boy, is that scary. I think any of us who've done that, I mean, I think what you're saying, Amanda, is so important. That's security, right? I was providing health insurance for the family. Um, My husband owned a mortgage company, right? And it was in the middle of the financial crisis that revolved around mortgages, right? This was not an optimal time for me to do this. And it, I was terrified. I mean, I absolutely remember, you know, the 3 a.m. crying bouts. Um, I live on the East Coast, as we've discussed. My father lives on the West Coast of the United States. And um, I would call him and just be like, I don't know what, what, am I crazy? Um, and that was when I wrote my very first course, which is called the Money Mindset Course. And um, I really wrote that to pull myself back into what I knew to be the truth. And that is that nothing in nature struggles to be abundant, um, that all needs are always provided for. Um, and I really started to understand at that time in shifting my mindset around it, um, is that money's infinite, 
It's time that's finite. And that shift for me did not. It was about 18 months in. But that happened when I sort of looked around the room. And I just invite anybody, wherever you are, obviously, if it's safe, <laughs> look around the room and look at all the things that are there. You know, so in my office here, I can see I always have fake flowers because I kill real flowers. It's so sad. Flowers, I have paintings, I have all these books, I have a camera because I shoot video, I have lights, I have this computer, I have the microphone I'm using. I have some angel cards on my desk, right? So all these things, somebody dreamed up, somebody created these, and I paid money for them. And if you look around your room now, everything you can see is something someone else created that you purchased. And that flow is infinite and it never stops. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. So I had already launched the Money Mindset course and I was like, wait, no, but I can provide coaching around that as well. And then it was like, oh my gosh, and whoa. And there's more coaching behind that because other people don't quite understand how money can work in business like this as well. Um and it just got really exciting. But that that was the mindset shift I believe is required. Um, and behind that, for anyone listening, whether you're considering or you've just started and the money's not quite flowing yet and you're scared, um, is really trusting yourself. You really got to look at this and go, do I believe that I can figure this out? And most of the time when we're still, <laughs> you guys are really good at being still, you're probably much better than me, but like being still and meditating and being present and actually feeling in the moment, you can do anything. You can do anything. And so that next question behind this, this pop of, oh my God, money's infinite because as long as you have ideas, you can make money. And then to flip that over to be like, do I trust myself to do that? And once those two things sort of fall into place, the actions you need to take in order to get there start to become clear. All right, friends, we're just taking a quick break from the podcast to talk a little bit about Offering Tree. You guys have heard me talk about Offering Tree so much on the show, and that's because I truly love their business. And one of the things that I really love about Offering Tree for yoga teachers is that you can scale your business. You can create engaging digital content, video libraries, courses, challenges, and coaching programs that can meet your clients and students anywhere at any time. You can also plug seamlessly into your membership and packages to offer added value to your loyal clients. At any point, you can go from just offering classes to also offering courses, coaching, one-on-one -on -one privates, memberships, and so much more. And all of that is easy to do in one place. You don't have to look for other software. You don't have to pay other pricing plans and so much more. Plus, with templates and integrated website features, it's super easy to get everything you need for all of this stuff up and running and launched before you know it. So now when you have an idea for a new program or a new workshop or something like starting a membership, you can just make it happen with their services. So if this sounds interesting to you, head on over to offeringtree.com forward slash MBOM. You can do a free trial here or get a discount for listening to the show. Once again, offeringtree.com forward slash MBOM. All right, now back to the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was powerful. I feel like that part of do I trust myself to do this is huge because I feel like that's sometimes where we stumble and we fall because like you said, I think all of us have ideas. We all have these unique ideas that make us you know, who we are and it's about kind of stepping into that power and trusting that you could turn this idea into something. And I think that's where a lot of us get tripped up because it's like, well, I didn't go to business school or 
I don't know how to market things. I don't know how to talk about this. I don't know how to do sales or I'm bad at sales. You know, we have all these reasons why, you know, it can't work for us. And so I'm curious if maybe we can dive into this aspect of like, how do we actually trust that we can do this if maybe this is hard and, and we feel like, hey, but I don't actually have the skills. Like, how am I supposed to trust when I don't have the skills that I think I need to do this? Mm. Such a great question. Um, so then it is, do you trust yourself to learn them? Right? Because everything is learnable. And I think especially right now, I mean, we all carry around what I lovingly call weapons of mass distraction. <laughs> uh, they're called cell phones, right? Yeah. So we have these weapons, oh, mass distraction. Like all of us are carrying around more knowledge and more information in our back pockets and sometimes in the bathroom. It's okay. We, we don't have to talk about it, but that's where it is, right? There's all this information at our fingertips. And so that level of trust now steps into, okay, okay. So I've got this idea. I think it's really good. What do I do now? And I totally get that. That's like this deer in the headlights. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but what do I do? Well, let's think about it. One of my favorite questions to ask people is let's pretend it's a year from now. Okay. And you've really succeeded. So for so many people, it's like, I just want to be able to pay myself $2,000 a month or $1,000. Some people it's 500. It doesn't matter, but I want to be able to start paying myself that much. Okay. So what would you need to sell in order to get there? And if you do the math, that's $12,000. If you want to pay yourself, like you want to make $1,000 a month. Okay. Got it. So how many people would you need to work with in a month? I don't know, Sarah. Well, if you charge $250, that's four people. Oh, I see that. Okay. Okay. And let's say what you're charging is for a package or it's a meditation series, or it's a combination of an online course about breath work followed up with some coaching um, and sky's the limit, right? I know people who add angel cards into their packages, other people it's um, live meditations, other people it's coaching sessions. So there's so many different ways you can package these things together. And you say, okay, so now I've got it packaged. I'm going to sell it for $250. I'd like to sell it to four people a month. Great. That is like the most important basic fundamental step that so many people skip over. Because once you can see that number of four, there's four human beings on this planet whose life you can alter. That's amazing. So where are they? Oh my gosh. What I'm teaching you right now is called the skill of marketing. And it's like, oh, where are they right now? It's like, oh my God, I could do that. And it kind of demystifies step by step by step. Okay, so if I need four people, where are they? What are they doing right now? And if you can answer that question, and I'm being a little bit flippant here, but really that's all marketing is. Don't let anybody make it more complicated for you or more crazy. The art of marketing is understanding who needs you and knowing where they are right now. That's like step number one. So once you figure out where they are, maybe they're at the local coffee shop and you can offer to give a talk there and then sell your, your offer at the end. Maybe they're in their cars and you need to be on somebody's podcast to talk about what you do. Maybe they're at the local preschool. Oh my gosh, awesome. Can you talk to the preschool teacher and see if you could do a demonstration? Oh, amazing. Awesome. Like if you start thinking like that, it's not scary anymore. And it becomes real and tangible because you don't have to be famous. You don't have to be fake Instagram famous. You don't have to be internet famous. You need four people a month. And so if you can start to reach that locally, it demystifies the whole situation. So that's step number one, knowing how many people you need to serve and where they are. And then step three is what do they need to hear? And what I mean by that is what do they need that you can help them with? And this is the hardest part for most of us, right? Because we get super shy and we're like, 
oh my God, I, I'm I'm scared. Uh, what if I'm being salesy? Like, oh, I don't want to be pushy. And And the story or the anecdote I like to give around this is I want you to imagine a doctor walking past someone who's bleeding out and he just walks by and was like, wow, why didn't you help them? Well, I didn't want to be salesy. It's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) You freaking help the person, right? It's like, no, 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 no. And so if we just remember that anecdote, the next time any of us get scared, and we all do, there's no like silver bullet here. We all get nervous sometimes. None of us want to be that salesy jerk, right? Who's like up here in your face telling you, you need something you don't want. But when somebody needs you, and I know that there's so many incredible people, Amanda, that, that are listening and that you've attracted into your world who have so many exquisite gifts, so many that, oh my God, can we look at the state of the world? We need you guys so bad. There is so much that you can do to alter the course of someone else's life. And honestly, I don't know what else we're here to do. I can't think of anything better. And so in order to do that, you do have to learn how to put your own ego aside and look at the person in front of you and offer the support that they might need. Now, when I say communicate that in a way that matters for them, When you get really good at sales, the reason I say sales is such a joy is all you do is talk about the other person. And I don't know about you guys. I just, I love people, Amanda. Like I love people. And so to be able to talk to somebody and have them go, oh my gosh, you know, I'm really struggling with this. I've been, I've been closet overeating for years. I don't think I can move my body anymore or whatever they're struggling with to go, oh my gosh, what is that like? Wow. That is so brave that you just told me that. That's incredible. Tell me more about what that's like and what would you like it to be like? Those are your two magic questions. What is that like right now? And what would you like it to be like? If you can ask somebody that, they start to see a new possibility. They start to see that the world doesn't have to stay the way that it is, that something else is possible. And oh my gosh, this gets me so excited. You guys are going to hear my voice get all excited, but oh my gosh, what else is there? That is so gorgeous. And then when they see that amazing new possibility, you get to say to them, I'd love to help you get there. You could help me get there. Yeah. I mean, would would that be interesting to you? And again, you're letting them lead the conversation and you'll never be salesy if that's the case because they're leading, not you. It's about them. It's not about you. And when we can get into that headspace of generosity and giving and love, the exchange becomes a no-brainer. And one of my favorite questions is, so someone says, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That sounds great. So what is it like to work with you? And you say, well, I've got this amazing package right now. It's $250. Would that be worth it for you? Would $250 be worth it for you to get that future? That's the only question that matters at the end of the day. And it's not our call to make, it's that person's call to make. So they get to decide, because that is the question, is that worth it for you? You know it's worth it. You know the value. It's not about you. It's about for them to say, yeah, that's worth it for me. And you go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Congratulations. And you celebrate them for taking this extraordinary step to change their lives. One of my biggest challenges right now is that I am a full-time mom and I'm also a working entrepreneur. And so I am tired a lot of the time. But I can't just be drinking cup after cup of coffee because I'm super sensitive to caffeine. I'm one of those people that gets the jitters and I get kind of a caffeine high and then a caffeine crash. And that's why I'm super excited to tell you about my new favorite elixir, Magic Mind. Magic Mind is made with matcha and matcha contains way less caffeine than coffee. Plus, they've also added in additional adaptogens such as ashwagandha, lion's mane, cordyceps, and so much more. 
Not only has Magic Mind allowed me to replace coffee in the mornings, it's also helped me be more productive and more focused. Now with the baby, I have way less time to work. And so when I sit down to work, I need to be super focused and I love having Magic Mind to drink before I sit down to do my work. It's also helped me with stress and anxiety, to sleep better, to be more creative, and so much more. This is why I love to recommend Magic Mind to my friends. Seeing how well it works for me, I would really encourage you to try it out as well if you're having trouble being at 100% in some days. It's a total game changer. And for my moms out there who don't want to be drinking cup after cup of coffee but are feeling exhausted... I really would recommend checking out Magic Mind. So if you're interested in checking out Magic Mind, head on over to magicmind.co forward slash MBY, and you can get 40% off your subscription for the next 10 days. Once again, it's magicmind.co forward slash MBY, and use the code MBY to get 40% off your subscription for the next 10 days. Did I answer your question again? I know I get so excited. I go on Amanda. I'm sorry. I get so no, happy. no, that was so good. No need to apologize at all. So much good stuff in there. But yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that that's a really great outline for people to get started. And I really love with where you started and like trusting that you can learn because I feel like that's the first step in, you know, if we have a roadblock with, with this element of trusting that you can turn your idea into something, trusting that you can learn, whether that's working with somebody or, you know, going to your phone and doing a, a basic Google search and seeing what you find, listening to podcasts like this one or yours, you know, there's so much information out there and then being able to dive in and understand, you know, how much you want to make, what, how many clients you need because of that. I feel like when you break it down that way, it, feels so much more doable, right? It's like, okay, I want to make $1,000 a month. I charge $250 per client. I need four clients. I feel like that seems like even as I listen to that, I'm like, huh, you know, I feel like that would be pretty doable, right? Like it can feel so overwhelming when you're just like, I need to make, you know, a bunch of money. It's like, you just don't know how much that is or how many people you need or how you're going to do it. And when you start breaking it down, then it becomes a little bit easier, I think, to digest. And then you can go, you know, who are those people? Where am I going to find them? Et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I love everything that you mentioned. Okay, good. <laughs> As you could tell, I get a little passionate, Amanda. I'm sorry, I get excited. No, that's great. I love that. And I'm curious, you know, with this, I really like what you were talking about in terms of the like, you let them guide the conversation. Because I think one thing I've heard time and time again, especially in the yoga space is like, I love teaching yoga. I don't want to sell people on it. I feel like the doctor analogy is super helpful. Yet I also feel like I can hear some yoga teachers being like, yeah, but like our students aren't on the street, like bleeding out type thing. So it's not, you know, not the exact same. So I'm curious when we hear somebody talking about something that we can help them with, how do we how do we start that conversation? I know we kind of already went there a little bit and especially I want to talk about it from this like heart-centered perspective because I think that that's what yoga teachers want and need is is this like heart-centered perspective on what we're doing and what we're offering. Yeah, I think that's actually really important. Um and I would always start with ourselves. Any one of us like why did you fall in love with yoga? Like what did it do for you? And I think for some people, it's like, oh my gosh, listen, I love the way it shaped my body or I love the way it slowed me down and had me think. And for other people, it really is life-saving. You know, I, I just recovered from cancer and this was the only thing I could do that was help my body rebuild after chemo. Like there's so many stories we hear about them, like 
the miracle working that can happen inside of yoga. Um, and so for each person, I always say, start with yourself. What was the magic for you? And I say that to anybody, by the way, it's very specific to, to you, Amanda, and what you and your listeners do, <clears throat> but it goes for other people as well. Like I got into this because I know how scary it is not to have money when you start a business. So it's like when we really start with something that we have gone through, the energy and the power behind our sharing is so incredible. And it's so clear because it's so organic and natural. And so for some people, if you are talking about the fact that you're a yoga instructor, there's usually a beautiful opening right behind that. Really? How'd you get into that? Right. And that's such a great way for you to share how it changed your life or the effects that you personally saw. And for some people, that is a form of bleeding out, right? Not taking care of their body, not pausing, having to fix everything the second that it's out of line as opposed to learning to live inside the present moment and not trying to perfect everything all the time. Like, wow, the amount of stress that can get released from that. And if that's not enough, I know some people are very shy, don't want to share their stories, which I totally understand. I think the other thing is to understand that we don't know what bleeding out looks like for everyone. And what I will say is not sharing when you don't know what someone else is going through could very well be the equivalent. And I'm not even saying that flippantly. There are people who are not relating to their children. There are people who are abusing their bodies on a daily basis, whether it's a bucket load of wine or not eating. Um, there are people who are ignoring their spouses or their relationships, people who are terrified about money, people who are terrified about their family, people who are nervous about the state of the world. And you guys have tools to help them work with, through that. And not letting them know that those tools are available does them a disservice. Not you. You have the tools. <laughs> you're good to go. You're you're going on there. And so it's not about selling. It's about offering to serve. And I think if we can make that mindset shift together where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I really love doing this because I love watching people breathe through a moment when they're stressed. You know, and here in the States, we have the elections, right? Everybody's stressed about that. We have the recession. Everybody's stressed about that. We have, everybody's stressed about that. There's so many levels of this, not to mention all of the internal struggles we don't even know about because people hide them. And when you have tools that can support a fellow human being through that experience, my plea to you would be, please share them. Please let them know that you have those tools available. And the really cool part, if you want, I can, I can share a little bit about how I feel about money and what I think money actually is. But the beautiful part about this exchange is when people actually exchange money based on our agreements at this point, the value that they get from your service is so much higher than if you offer it for free. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very aligned with that. And I would love to dive into the money piece because I think this is another big thing that you know, when I teach in trainings and stuff like this, I always like to do a, you know, a pricing section and I always like to do a money mindset section. And I can always tell that there is discomfort in the room and that there's people who are like, 
but is it okay for me to charge for this? And especially with yoga, you know, there's a lot wrapped up in it. Like, yes, it's a physical practice, but it's also an ancient spiritual practice that for many of us comes from a culture that is not our own. And, you know, people can get kind of caught up in that. And what I always try to say is like, it's an energetic exchange. Like there has to be the give and the take. And in, you know, 2022, almost 2023, our energetic exchange is generally money. So I would love to hear your kind of take on this and how, how you support people who are maybe struggling with what society has told them about money, their own money stories, their, you know, maybe I guess putting like a a mental, emotional block on receiving money and all of that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting because receiving is such a feminine trait, right? And and it's so interesting. So many women have so much, so so much around receiving money, myself included. And so when you use the word receive, that really sparked that memory for me. This is a really feminine aspect of ourselves that we want to be able to access and and use. And I think it's really important. As I was going through the struggles we were talking about earlier, I was giving a talk um, in the Poconos um, about money. And I was sort of practicing the talk as I do. And I heard, you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I heard someone, it was me, right? But I felt like it was someone else. Like I heard a voice that said, money is love. I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm never saying that to anyone. That's crazy. And it kept coming back as I was practicing this talk. And I remembered something. When I was starting up in, all, in the tech world in New York City, one of the tech companies that I, I was employee number two, we were quite the startup. Um, we worked directly with Marianne Williamson. And I don't know if you guys know who Marianne Williamson is, but um, I, I really was familiar with her work already, but she's very famous for a book called A Return to Love. And the idea is very much like The Secret, where there are only two types of emotions. There's fear and there's love. Um, Also a very ancient belief and ancient practice. Um, And the idea is that fear's job is to bring up anything that isn't healed, right? So that love can come in and turn that fear back into love. Um, And when I first heard that, I was actually with Marianne Williamson in the studio and I heard her talk about that. And I was like, that is so interesting. So when we're in fear, it's because love has come in and stoked that fear so that that fear can highlight what we need to learn or what we need to release or what we need to turn back into love. And so when I heard money is love, I was like, wait a second. It's not love like, oh my gosh, I'm having a midlife crisis or oh my gosh, I need no sh- more shoes and bags kind of love. It is an energy that will stoke all the fears that you have that you have not yet healed. And we watch this happen. You know, all that that famous stories about people who win the lottery, they get all that money and they get rid of it as fast as possible. Because what that money does, because it carries that love-like energy, is it will stoke fear. It will show you what you have not yet healed. And that is an extraordinary power. And I, I've come to believe over the years, that was 12 years ago, but I've come to believe over the years as I've personally experienced this and watched this and shared with people, I hear extraordinary stories about, oh my gosh, that's why I misplaced that check when I was fighting with my husband. Or um, <clears throat> I blew a whole bunch of money on something I didn't even care about. Why did I do that? And we can look at their lives and what was happening and what they chose not to heal at that time that they can heal now. So if you are having that fear around charging, I would ask you to look at anything there is for you to heal. And I would also assert, I don't know if you guys, Amanda, have you ever read The Red Tent? 
No, but I've heard about it from many people. And I feel like you saying it now is kind of a, a confirmation that I really do need to read it. <laughs> it's, it's magical. I mean, you can listen to it too. It's so great. But in the Red Ten, they talk about um, how long women were in charge of societies and how great we were at that and and the amount of abundance that was available. And I loved the rituals around women's bodies and what we experience and what we go through and the amount of abundance they exchanged constantly without question is extraordinary. It's so beautiful. And that's what's happening now. And I would assert that those who have throughout the millennia, right, really brought yoga into our present day world, right, have allowed us to learn these ancient, amazing practices that are so grounded and so organic and so powerful, they would want that to be in abundance. They would never want that to be at the sacrifice of your own joy, of your own ability to travel and see this world and experience what there is to experience, to enjoy exquisite food, to be able to travel, to be with your friends and family, to be able to love your surroundings every day when you wake up. That doesn't match right? That to, to live in scarcity and fear, and I should do this for free or I'm bad. That's actually the opposite of what the practice teaches, right? When we get down to the heart of it. And I think that's what I loved about the red tent because it wasn't necessarily money at that time. But that exchange of abundance was absolute. There was no question there. It wasn't questioned. It wasn't denied. It was just the truth. It's just the way things are. This is how we take care of each other. And in our world right now, money is the most powerful tool we have access to. We may not like that. <laughs> and I know people go, ew, gross, right? I got it. I totally get it. But just take a step back and think about it. Right now, when we look at politics, we look at laws. We look at what's happening to the environment. We look at what's happening to children. We look at what happening to, is happening to our water that's driven by money. And that's why my motto is I put more money in the hands of more women most of the time, that's not about shoes and bags. That's about causes. That's about sending your kids to college. That's about making sure you love your home. It's about making sure you can take care of a family member when they're ill. That's what money's for, that power to be able to live life on your terms because you provide an extraordinary service to your community, to your people, to the people that have been attracted and led to your doorstep for that service, that the universe, God, whomever would absolutely want you to live in abundance in exchange for that. And right now that just happens to be money. Who knows? In 10 years from now, we might decide to exchange paper hearts. I have no idea. But right now, that's what we're exchanging. And so we don't need to attach other people's unhealed fears, right? That get passed down, generate, that doesn't grow on trees. It's evil, right? All those unhealed fears, we don't have to take those on if we choose not to. Hey friends, we're just taking a little break from the podcast to talk about Coach Pals. Owning a wellness business can be exhausting, mystifying, and lonely. Whether it's a challenge you've never faced, getting a fresh perspective on a topic, or finding new customers for your service or product, building a network of peers is a fantastic way to garner the advice and support you need to make good decisions and create great opportunities for yourself, your business, and your team. Coach Pals is a wellness professional network. The advanced search engine allows you not only to find, connect, and collaborate with like-minded individuals, but will match your professional identity to the needs of hundreds of users around the world who are looking for your products or services. CoachPal's profiles are exclusively designed for wellness professionals, and that's one of the things I loved most about this platform. 
Users will automatically be able to access all the important data to set their confidence from your biography, skills, experience, and certifications to your website, social media, podcast, contacts in your network, testimonials, skills, endorsements, and so much more. If this sounds interesting to you, head on over to coachpals.com and get started today. You can sign up and try it out completely for free, but if you'd like, I've got a special promo code for you. It's MBOM Pals, and that'll get you three months free off the professional membership. Once you're on Coach Pals, make sure you go and find my profile under Amanda Kingsmith. I would love to see you there. All right, now back to the episode. Yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's all really amazing. It feels very beautiful and aligned for me. And one thing I'm curious about if somebody is, I guess, struggling with the conversation of money, and this is coming back to what we were talking about before, where, you know, you use, I guess, quote unquote, sales, you lead from a place of like, Hey, I have something that can help you that can serve you that can help you feel better in your body, your mind, you know, help you reach your goals. And I know you gave that example of pricing, but if people are struggling with setting their pricing, setting prices at you know a level where they can where it meets their worth and also helps them you know pay their bills and stuff like that, you know how do we how do we work with that? You know the side of money that's like, hey, when I work for myself, I need to set some prices, and then I need to also say them to people. And, you know, just say, would this be worth it for you versus the, well, it costs $250 for these sessions, but if you can't afford that, I'm happy to you know, adjust it for you. You know, we always use too many words when we're, we're feeling uncomfortable and I totally speak from experience with this, but I'm curious about all of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we all do. I think we've all done that. Like, but I was just kidding. So let me change it real fast. It's so tempting to do that. Um, and that's just all ego. So there's, look, there's the practical side of this, right? There's knowing how much you need to make in a month. And that's how I love to work on a monthly basis with people because it's so much more tangible. Amanda, like we were just saying about the four people, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I can do that, right? And it's the same thing kind of on a monthly basis. So, and I actually have something for you guys. Amanda, is it okay if I share it? That I love, I just love this, you guys. It's called the Freedom Calculator and it's how much money you need to make every month to feel free, which is abundance, Right. Um, and you can grab it. It's at sarahwalton.com slash freedom. It's totally free. You could just go, I love this thing. So basically what you're going to do is you look at how much you need to make in a month. Okay. And then you say, all right. So again, let's just make it even numbers. Let's pretend it's $5,000 a month. <clears throat> so if it's $5,000 a month and you're currently working with 10 people a month, that's $500 per person. Okay. So we just can kind of look at the math like that. If you look at that and you go, okay, this is how much I need to make in order to have my lifestyle, right? To pay my bills, my mortgages, whatever it is. So that's what I have to make for me to live. And I would, I know that because I provide such a resource to the world that this is how the world would want me to live, that this would be how I'm supported in doing that. Okay. But let's say you don't feel comfortable charging $500. You're like, ah, that just doesn't feel right. And it's really an exercise I have people do. And, and Amanda, I, I'm so excited that you do yoga because it's you're so in tune to your body. But I will write down the number, right? So you look at the $500 and watch your body respond. If it leans back, did it lean back because you're scared of the number or did it lean back because the number is not congruent with the value you're providing? Those are two different things. 
right? So there's like a, oh my gosh, could I really charge that? That's so exciting. I think I could change people's life for only $500. It's amazing, right? But you're kind of nervous about it versus, oh no, that is way too much, right? There's a difference there and you kind of have to fine tune your own physical response to hear that. And if you lean forward, you're good. You're good to go. And now it's just practicing, understanding that what you're giving people, and again, that goes to self-trust, what you're giving people is worth that exchange. And once you get comfortable with that, you're good to go. So let's say now $500 wasn't enough and you realize it's actually closer to $750. Got it. So you can you have a choice here. You can keep working with 10 people and charge $750. So now you're making $7,500 a month. Or you can say, I only need to have seven people a month. And that's great. You could do it either way. If you feel like the $500 is too much and you need to cut it down to $250, no problem. Now you get to work with 20 people a month, right? So you've got some levers you can sort of pull until you start to feel comfortable. But when you look at that price, one of the things I really love people to um, take into consideration, we do this exercise in my Abundance Academy too. It's so exciting to watch people do this is not what does it cost you um, financially to create and deliver that service, but how does it feel to you emotionally? Does it drain you or does it give you more energy? Do you feel better when you're done or do you feel like you need a nap? (laughs) So like sort of taking that into account as well, because your human body, the energy and resources you're providing to other people, those matter. And we tend to forget those because, especially as women, we tend to forget those because as women, we usually are expected to do all of the invisible work that makes society work on a daily basis. So we don't always take into account what we're doing and how much value it's providing. So when you look at that number, if you first leaned back, I want you to think about all the energy, all the time, all the love, all the focus, all the power, all the hours of training that you have gone through to provide that $500 service. And all of a sudden, sometimes it really starts to make sense. And you're like, oh, wait, I see everything that's getting poured into this service. This is a steal. And all of a sudden, it's not hard to sell at all. And that's not like smoke and mirrors. That's the truth. And when you stand in that truth and offer that service, it's such a joy. It doesn't feel salesy. It doesn't feel slimy. It feels um, congruent, joyful, and there's a lot of peace around it too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm curious, do you have any tips for somebody who is maybe new into all of this? Like say they're a new yoga teacher, they're just kind of getting started and they're like, well, I don't know if I have value or if I do what my value is because, you know, I'm pretty new into it because I think I think that finding your worth and your value gets easier with time. I think it's can be really hard in those early days and then also kind of when you're going through some like personal up levels like, oh, I just did another certification or okay, I've been doing this for a couple of years, it's time for me to increase my prices. Those can be kind of the hard moments, but maybe we can kind of hone in on that those early days. Like how do you figure that out in your business? One of the best things you can do, I think. I don't know, Amanda, you'll have to tell me if you did this, but I love starting out with friends. Like just run a class for some of your closest friends, the people who will tell you the truth um, and say, okay, at the end, like obviously I want to do this class because I want to practice and I want to be around people and I want to understand where I need to grow. But I also really want to understand how it feels for you. What did you get from it? How do you feel afterwards? How did you feel when you came in? Um, And I would host a, a class um, for friends and ask those questions. And I think it's such a great way to get started. One, because they love you. So you know they're not going to be super harsh. 
but they'll also tell you like, oh, you know, I really didn't like that part as much, but I loved it when you did this. Um, and, and that's really great feedback for you to hear. And then from there, I really love local community stuff. Um, and like I said, when we were talking about marketing, um, I really love the idea of going to local places, schools, offering a couple classes to teachers, maybe when they have a teacher's work day to go in at lunchtime and just offer them like 30 minutes of just a break to move their body to get out of those chairs. Um, and then ask them the same thing, like, no, I'm more than happy to provide this as a member of the community. All I ask is that you ask answer a couple of questions when we're done. Um, it's a great way to get testimonials, but it's also a great way for you to start to see the value you are providing. Um, and the other way, like if if maybe that's not possible, like you don't have a bunch of friends around or you're not living in a community where you could go do something like that, one of the other things you can do is actually add up the hours of training you personally have done. And then you again, we're going to go back to self-trust and say, okay, so you've done this many training hours and you are a person of integrity. You work hard. You do what you say you're going to do. Are you going to go provide value? And you got to really sit with that and think about it. And of course, the answer is probably going to be yes. You're never going to rip somebody off. You're never going to take somebody's money and not provide value. Um, and so it, it's going to come down to that quiet moment with yourself to say, wow, look at the hours of my life that I can't get back, by the way, the hours of my life that I have poured into this skill, that I poured into this training and the joy it's brought me, I want to go share that. And all of a sudden you see the value it's done for you. You know that you can go share that value. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that that's a really helpful place to start. And then just to kind of tag on to that, at what point do we, you know, how do we know when we're ready to increase our prices? And I think that this happens, you know, at a couple different times along the journey. And I feel like, you know, there's that starting point. So we start out, we get some feedback, we get going, we work with friends and family, which I also did. And then we have to increase our prices. And then, you know, we'll do that for a little bit. And then there comes a time where, again, we have to increase our prices. And I feel like we kind of battle this sort of money mindset again and again when it comes to, okay, you know, I'm feeling like my worth is a little bit more. Now I need to increase it, but I need to have that conversation with people, which in my experience, sometimes I'm like, oh, well, do I actually have to increase it? Because it would be easier to just not have that conversation. And then I'm like, no, if you're starting to feel that like tension where it's like, oh, I'm doing a lot for the price I'm charging, then, you know, for me, that's definitely a signal that, okay, I need to charge a little bit more for what I'm doing. Yeah. No, I was going to say, you know, <laughs> right, Amanda, it's that feeling of like, oh my God, like when you start to have any drag or resentment or like yeah, oh, resentment. Yeah. Then oh, time to raise prices. Right. And all that is, is a call for congruency. Right. So I said earlier that I, I believe money is a love like energy. And then you pour your love into your services as a business. Right. If that love energy doesn't match, everything's off. Right. So if you're way overcharging, <laughs> you're going to feel really gross. But if you're undercharging, you're going to start to feel resentful. And so it really is just about causing congruence. So it's not emotional. It's not moral. It's like physics. Like they have to match. Um, and when the price you're charging and, and the love that you're giving, when those don't match, you just know, you just absolutely feel it. Um, and then as far as having that conversation, there's so many ways to do it. It's like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. We just love, love, love being able to serve you like this. And as you guys know, 
things are changing a little bit. So you're going to notice our prices are going to change. This is the new price. Um, and this will allow us to continue to serve you at the highest levels that we can. And that usually does it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, easy peasy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's just the truth, right? Always when all things are equal, right? We just tell the truth and it's so much easier. Yeah. We just get for wrapped sure. up. We get, it's so scary, right? It's like, ah. Yeah, for sure. I was just on a, I have, um, you know, three other women that I meet with once a month, we have kind of like a little accountability group slash mastermind. And we were just having this conversation where one of the women was feeling like, you know, what I'm offering and the price I'm charging is not really feeling aligned right now. And all three of us were like, okay, well, that's a sign you need to increase your prices. And she was like, but I just did increase my prices. And we're like, well, I guess you need to increase them again because you're doing you know, more work than what was initially agreed upon. And for me, I felt like it was so much easier. It was so easy to sit in my seat and kind of walk her through that and coach her through that and hear her rebuttals and be like, yeah, but you just need to have the conversation and if they see your worth and your value, they're going to be fine with it. And yet when I turn around and look at myself, I'm like, oh, I like totally know that discomfort that she's experiencing. And so it's hard, right? It's hard because we see it in other people, like you're worth more, you should charge more. It's a simple conversation. Um, You know, there might be pushback, but there likely isn't going to be. Yet when it comes to us doing it, there can be a lot of fear and tension and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's on us. It means it just means we're taking it personally. I don't mean it's on us like there's something wrong. <laughs> I just mean it's on us like we've somehow wrapped up our identity into that worth. Um, and, and it is a little bit hard to untangle. So this is one of my favorite questions. I really hope this serves you guys, like all of you. Oh my gosh, because Amanda, when you were like, it's so easy for us to see for everyone else, right? And I think that's because our our identities aren't attached to someone else's business. They're attached to our business because, oh my gosh, we work so hard and how could it not be? Um, so one of my favorite questions to ask when you find yourself getting emotionally wrapped up in a conversation about money that needs to happen, it's totally appropriate for it to happen, um, is what does the business need me to do? And all of a sudden, it's not about you. And I say this a lot to people in romantic relationships too, because everyone I coach, their primary relationship tends to come in because it's such an important relationship. And I'll say, okay, but there's you, there's your your partner, and then there's the relationship. What would the relationship want you to do? And it's like, oh, it gets really clear. So I say the same to you about your business. There's the exchange of love that needs to happen. There's you, and then there's what the business needs. What does the business need you to do now? And all of a sudden, that can sort of take away that personal identity fear that all of us experience and sort of help you step through it. And it's kind of like, you know, for those of us of all, I think almost all of us, right, have had corporate jobs at some point, you don't take it personally. If the marketing team comes in and says, oh my gosh, sales are down, we need to do something, but you guys, we all jump in and we get excited and we come up with new ideas, but we don't take it personally. And that's because we haven't identified ourselves with the business. So for those of us as small business owners, one of the most important things we can do to serve the business and to serve the people we love working with, our clients and customers, is to differentiate ourselves from the business. Mm, Yeah, no, I love that. It's like taking, obviously it is personal, it's connected to us, but kind of, you know, disconnecting that a little bit in our minds so we can see like, 
like you said, like, what does the business need? I I really like that. I think that that's amazing because sometimes we get, especially with heart-centered businesses, right? It's like we get so emotionally involved with it, which is amazing. I think this can serve us in a really beautiful way, yet it can be a bit of a hindrance, I think, when it comes to the sales and and money conversation and making sure we're charging enough, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Sarah, this conversation has been great. My last question for you is, do you have any business lessons that you've learned through your career that we haven't talked about so far that you'd like to leave listeners with today? Oh my gosh. Don't work with the wrong people. I know that sounds so, so that's another one, right, Amanda? It's like, oh, it's so easy. Just don't, don't hire the wrong clients. Um, I think that was one of the hardest lessons I learned. Um, just You just know the first time you talk to somebody whether or not they'd be a good fit. And when you get that inkling that they are not, please, 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 please don't work with them. That's my that's my biggest lesson. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And I think this, this again comes back to like, I was thinking like, but how do we know? And I think it's like, we know. Oh, you yeah. Know, I, think it's, it's, I think it's about <laughs> trusting that knowing though, because I think sometimes our heart says, this is how I feel. And our brain says, but, but, but. <laughs> Right. But the brain goes, but the money, but the money, but the money. Yeah. yeah that's not, yeah, exactly. that's not going to be congruent money. That's not going to be congruent. Don't do it. Yeah. And I think that's where the the resentment can come from too, right? Like if it's a not good, not a good fit with the people you're working with, the clients you're working with, it can be scary to say no to a client or to let a client go. But I think that ultimately at the end of the day, if it's not aligned with you, then it's time to, to part ways. Mm, absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that and everything you've shared today. This has just been an amazing episode jam-packed with so much good stuff. It's definitely got me, got my mind working in terms of what I need to do for my business. So really appreciate that, Sarah. And I'm curious if you can share with listeners where they can go to find you, um, if they want to work with you, all that good stuff. Absolutely. You guys, you can come on over to sarahwalton.com and that's Sarah with an H. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Um, which you can come on over to YouTube, just search for Sarah Walton. And I do an episode once a week called Sarah Uncut, where I give you quick hits on business, but it's totally unscripted and heaven help us all. I just turn on my phone and we never know what I'm going to say, but it's so much fun. Um, And then I also have a podcast. It's called the Game On Girlfriend Podcast, as in this is not your practice life. The game is on. Amazing. I love all of that. We'll make sure there's links for that in the show notes. And thank you so much for your time today and for everything that you've shared with myself and listeners. Oh, Amanda, thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute joy. Yes, it has been for me as well. Thank you. All right, friends. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of the podcast with Sarah Walton. Make sure you go check her out, download her free resource that she mentioned and so much more. As always, a big thank you to the sponsor for this episode of the show, Offering Tree. You guys make sure you go give them some love, offeringtree.com forward slash MBOM to get a little discount. And of course, if you're a studio owner, make sure you go check out offeringtree.com forward slash demo. And a big thank you to you for being here. I'm so grateful that you are continuing to support the show and listen to the show and I really couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much and have a great week. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode of the podcast. To find links, notes, resources, and everything mentioned in today and all episodes of the show, you can head on over to mbomyoga.com. You can find the podcast and myself on Facebook and social media at Mastering the Business of Yoga. And I would love for you to join the private Facebook community, Yoga Business Badasses. 
If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please make sure you reach out to me at info at mbmyoga.com. And last of all, if you enjoyed this episode of the show, please make sure you hit subscribe and leave a review for the podcast. It would mean the world. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week. Namaste. Namaste.